Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome to Rudy Max's World, Hour 2, where we talk travel all the time right here every weekend at the same time on this very radio station. This hour, a spokesman for the commercial airline industry weighs in on the Washington plan to pile an even higher tax on your airline ticket. Some politicians think $2.50 per segment per flight isn't enough. They'd like to double that to $5. They are doubling, in fact. Senate just voted. We'll get the details in just a moment. Sean Kennedy from Airlines for America will join me in just a few minutes. And are you feeling like a little nip and tuck? Well, more and more Americans are opting to go abroad for surgery of all types. Not only is medical care abroad often excellent and much cheaper than the same care in the States, patients are trying to tie in a vacation with that trip. An expert on medical tourism will join me at quarter past the hour to offer advice on the pluses and minuses of medical tourism. Then a journalist is going to drop in to describe the most common surgeries performed and compare costs abroad with costs in the United States. Your jaw will drop. And finally, what makes a great Ferris wheel? Well, where do you find those best? Robert Niles of Theme Park Insider will be here to answer both those questions. Throwing a few deals of the week at the end of the hour, we've got ourselves a travel show. First, a quick look at some of this week's news in travel. All right. Is this a ploy to collect more baggage fees or to board planes more quickly? Well, it's probably both. American Airlines says it hopes to speed up the boarding of planes, perhaps by allowing passengers with no carry-on bag to board or bags to board before regular passengers toting bags. Since airlines began charging for check bags, passengers have been loading up on carry-on bags to avoid that $25 per bag check fee. That's slowed down boarding as passengers with no bags have to wait as others wrestle those bags into overhead luggage bins or under seats. So American has been experimenting, and I underline that word, with the idea at Washington's Dulles and BWI airports, also at Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood International Airport, and Austin Bergston International Airport in Texas. It says uh, it's been experimenting with the idea of letting people with no carry-on bags board first. It says it hasn't decided to roll this out nationally yet, uh, but I'm betting it will make that announcement before very long. Reminds me of a guy I heard about once who put on eight layers of clothing so he wouldn't have to check a bag or take a carry-on aboard a discount carrier. By the way, Alaska Airlines has been doing this on some of its more crowded flights for two and a half years. Seems to have been working well. In December, Delta paid $360 million to Singapore Airlines to buy 49% of Virgin Atlantic. Now, that's the transcontinental, excuse me, transcontinent, transocean airline, not Virgin America, which serves the U.S. This is Virgin Atlantic. And some Delta flyers look forward to earning or spending sky miles to fly that airline. This weekend, Delta said, no, that's not in the offing right now. Delta says its first task is to get Virgin Atlantic to, uh, into the black. Virgin is not joining the Sky Team Alliance yet. I mentioned last week that the commercial airline dis industry has been complaining that passengers are more heavily taxed than folks who buy cigarettes or alcohol, traditional items that are traditionally hit with that so-called sin tax. Well, Congress has been busy this week. Congress has been busy this week. Sean Kennedy is the Senior Vice President for Global Government Affairs at Airlines for America. That's a trade industry group for the commercial airlines here in the United States. He joined us three weeks ago to protest the possible layoff of air controllers at smaller airports. He joins me now to weigh in on higher ticket taxes. Welcome back to the show, Sean. Nice to have you here. Hey, great to be here, Rudy. They're sort of beating up with, on you on Capitol Hill, aren't they? What's happened in the last couple of days uh, just prior to this weekend? Well, as you noted, uh, just on Friday, on Friday, the House passed a budget. The Senate passed one as well. Both of them would like to propose 
doubling the TSA ticket taxes that every airline passenger pays from two fifty to five dollars a flight. Uh, that's going to now. Is that a flight airlines. or a segment, Sean? Sean, is that a per flight or per segment? It would switch from per segment to, to per flight. So okay. All right. Five, so if you, you change five dollars, no matter where you were going, as opposed to paying got it from point A segment. to B, no matter how you got there. I mean, exactly. flights it took to get there. Okay. All right. So that'll that will raise about seven hundred thirty million dollars in revenue, but that means that that's going to be picked up by airlines and more more likely passengers. And is because the House and Senate have passed it, is that it? Is this going to go into effect? And when when it's might not it? Not in effect yet. It's what what they're saying right now is this is how they want to raise money. They would then have to pass legislation in each chamber to do that, and that's why that's really what the airlines are focusing on right now, is making sure that. Uh, that the people are hearing from airlines, that they're hearing more importantly from the passengers who fly on these airlines, to say that increasing ticket taxes right now is really a, a losing proposition for, for the traveling public. Well, yes, it, it is a losing proposition. You lose this $5 round trip at the very minimum. Uh, so what do you suggest? Passengers who are aggravated about this write their legislator? Right now, right now, this really falls into the challenge that passengers and the airlines have right now, Rudy, is that in 1990, passengers were paying, uh, you only had about nine, uh, excuse me, six ticket taxes that were, that were implemented by the federal government. Right now, it's up to 17. So on a $300 ticket, 20% of that fare is federal taxes and fees. The real push that we are, what the airline industry is saying is that this has kind of gone too far. We need to have a national airline policy that really allows the airlines and passengers to have an industry that can make the investments create the jobs and add the services that U.S. passengers want. A lot of information can be found at nationalairlinepolicy.com. We have social media links, we have petitions, and we're really going to push this on Capitol Hill to put this to an end. It would be wonderful if we could get more airline passengers uh, keyed up on this. You still have me at se how many, 17 separate taxes, did you say, or 19? 17 individual taxes Seven and fees right now. That's just that's federal. And the challenge, of course, is that you, this, this may be hard to believe, but the airline industry last year, Rudy, made 21 cents per passenger. Yeah, I remember that number. That's including, yeah. that's including bag fees, that's including Wi-Fi, that's including drinks. That's everything. So when people yeah. say, well, what, what's another 250 Well, we needed that $0.21 cents just to be able to buy more, buy more aircraft, upgrade our interiors, add more services, add more jobs. If we have to absorb and if the, air, if the passengers have to absorb an additional two dollars and fifty cents. There goes that profit margin. Yeah, no question. How uh, is are, has TSA explored other ways to get the money they need? It needs. Well, the challenge that we have right now is that their budget continues to go up, while the number of people flying sort of stays steady. So TSA's yeah. budget in the last five years has gone up eighteen percent. The number of people that are flying has gone down nine percent. We are a huge fan of TSA. We're a huge fan of what they want to accomplish. Safety is always the bottom line for us. We, but what TSA, what we need to do more of is move to more risk-based approaches rather than putting everyone through these puffer machines that don't work and break down and then are scrapped and put into warehouses. Okay. Hey, Sean, uh, thank you for putting this perspective. We'll keep up. Uh, we'll keep watching this and report on what the final result is. But so far, this has not kicked in the five dollar per segment. That's right. But we need folks to stay focused on it to make sure it doesn't. It's great to be with you, Rudy. Sean Kennedy is the Senior Vice President of Global Government Affairs based in Washington with Airlines for America. And the question is, is the airline departure tax going to be
double. Nice to have Sean back on the show. We're, we'll say we'll monitor this because it really you know, it will get passed along to passengers. Obviously, airlines are only making 21%, 21 cents per passenger. They can't absorb a $2.50 extra uh, charge. When we come back, how you can tie surgery into a vacation abroad and still spend less than if you had that operation in your own hometown. Medical tourism. It's a growth industry. We're going to look at it from a couple of different perspectives. We're going to first talk with an expert on how you can shop abroad, what the pitfalls are and what the pluses are, and then we'll talk to a journalist about what you can expect for prices. Stay with us. We'll be right after we'll come back right after this break. I think the numbers are going to surprise you. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. If you have gout and think a few attacks a year are all you have to worry about, think again. Fact is, gout can attack silently, even between flares. You may not feel it, but gout's root cause, high uric acid, can allow crystals to continuously form and build up in your joints. Over time, this may lead to attacks in other joints, constant pain, and joint destruction. So don't wait. Get more information at goutinfo.com and talk with your doctor about ways to keep your uric acid at a lower, healthy level. After I turned 40, my body started changing. I didn't feel as attractive as I used to. I started experiencing hot flashes, but the weight gain, that was the worst, especially the belly fat. I started taking Ambrin and I finally lost the weight. It was so easy. I feel as beautiful today at 50 as I did when I was 30. Thank goodness for Amberin. It rebalances your hormones naturally, which relieves the symptoms of hormonal imbalance in menopause, like weight gain, hot flashes, fatigue, low libido, and more. Amberin is the advanced all-natural formula, clinically shown to cause weight loss in women over 40, with no big change in lifestyle required. Amberin definitely made me feel energetic and sexy again. For a limited time, you can try Amberin risk-free and get a 30-day supply free. Free supplies are limited, so be one of the first callers right now at 1-800-922-3170. 1-800-922-3170. That's 1-800-922-3170. Several research studies show that people who are on the same diet and exercise program lose three to four times as much weight when taking 1,100 milligrams of pure green coffee extract than they do when not taking it. So if you are serious about losing weight, call Long. Longevity Medical Clinic to order your bottle of pure green coffee extract at 866-869-6864, extension 1. That's 866-869-6864, extension 1. Or order online at lmclinic.com. That's lmclinic.com. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour. And nice to have you here where we talk all travel all the time. If you just tuned in, this is America's most widely syndicated and listened to radio travel show. Nice to have you here. We do uh, an hour or two every weekend. Uh, well, we generally do two hours for most of our stations. And uh, it's nice to have you here. You can check me out at RudyMaxa.com. You can listen to podcasts of previous shows. Or if there's something you hear on this show you'd like to forward to somebody, our podcasts are usually up by Sunday night or Monday. And you can forward to it or listen, forward that to a friend or listen to it 
again. I talked to you at the top of the hour about medical tourism, this phenomenon that is a very big growth industry of people who are going abroad for medical treatment because it's so, less, so much less expensive and in many cases tying a vacation into it because they're often in very, uh, well, places with palm trees. Let me just keep it at that. Uh, Jonathan Edelheit is the, uh, runs the medicaltourismassociation.com. Jonathan, uh, we get, do we have Jonathan on the air, on the, on the, on the, on the line here? Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Welcome Rudy. to the show. Um, now, Jonathan, the Jonathan, in the next segment, we're going to talk with a journalist who's going to talk about some of the most common procedures and comparative prices and so on. What I wanted to talk to you about is how does one shop for medical treatment abroad, and where are the most popular places for it? There, there's many different options of how people can shop abroad, and there's many different uh, choices of destinations. People really have the world at their fingertips, and it all depends on where they're comfortable in traveling, what procedure they're going for. Um, typically, they bring a companion with them and uh, be in the destination for almost about two weeks. So a lot of them look at a destination that um, has very good quality health care, but at the same time, they can take a vacation with their, their spouse or a loved one. We have, there are a lot of Americans that are going to Asia because of the low-cost procedures. It's about 90% less um, over oh my goodness. Europe. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. 90% less, Jonathan? That's an incredible number. Yes, yes. A, a heart procedure that could cost $100,000 here could be 10000 or even, you know, dental, uh, you know, something like dental implants. Um, there's a All lot right, of so how, how, do you, how, how do you shop smart, though? How do you know you're going to get good medical treatment? I mean, that's the bottom line for everybody. And, you know, price is obviously important, but, but, but how do you shop and know what is a good place to go and what might not be such a good place to go? What do you look for? I think the first part you want to look for as a, as a healthcare consumer is accreditation, that the actual hospital you're going to is accredited. Um, there are several very quality international accreditations, but I think, you know, for Americans traveling overseas, the Joint Commission, which accredits U.S. hospitals, has an international arm called JCI that accredits the international hospitals. Um, so it's almost like going over to a hospital with American standards. And so what the is the question you ask? What is, what is the specific question you ask, Jonathan, of that facility? Are you accredited by the... Are you accredited by JCI or another international organization? Okay, okay. And if the answer is yes, then they know they're going to a quality facility, but next they have to check on the credentials of the actual physician. And how does one check on the credentials of the physician? Um, they can request the actual biography and credentials from the hospital, um, there's a lot of doctors overseas who are actually were trained in America or trained in Europe or the United Kingdom, um, and it's just making sure that that doctor has the right experience. Okay. Um, and, and, and is it possible to talk to former patients, perhaps, who might have had the same procedure? Absolutely. That's something that we would definitely recommend. Um, the, the doctors in the hospitals are, you know, it's, it's very easy and they're very open about giving out referrals of other patients who have traveled that might even be from, um, you know, in the city where you, you live from. So they should really talk to, I think, at least two to three patients who have, who have traveled overseas. And one of the advantages of medical tourism is a lot of times the doctors will give out their cell phone numbers and, you know, the, the patient can call them. Uh, on their cell phones at any time to get comfortable with traveling for that procedure. My guest is Jonathan Edelheit, who runs the Medical Tourism Association. Uh, Jonathan, what does the Medical Tourism Association do exactly? Are you a trade group for them, or do you provide do you provide help to consumers or patients? We're, we're the nonprofit trade association for the world, so we work with hospitals and governments in over 100 countries, and we really try to focus on educating 
uh, both hospitals and, and governments on the importance of quality and being transparent in pricing and quality. And then we have a separate um, arm of our organization that's really there to educate healthcare consumers. So we have a portal, which is uh, medicaltourism.com, which is meant just for consumers to educate them on the choices of where they can go. And then we also have travel guides, kind of like uh, Frommers or Foders, um, that we put online on our website and on iTunes for free where consumers can get really educated and comfortable with the decision for traveling overseas. And are there links to the travel guides at medicaltourism.com? Yes, there are. Okay. And uh, where are you guys based? Where is uh, the association based? We're in West Palm Beach, Florida. All right. And have you ever had uh, surgery abroad of any sort? I've not had surgery, but I've, I've had dental some dental work done. I've gone for certain checkups and, and other uh, comprehensive health um, checkups in different countries, and I do it because the experience is usually amazing. Uh, the amount of time that the doctor will spend with you, the personalized service you will get is amazing, and I've been healthy enough and lucky enough not to have to travel, but if I personally did or one of my family members, I would definitely um, recommend they, they look at that choice. All right, what is the situation on Americans who have health insurance here in the States? Is any of any, Are procedures covered abroad? Um, for, for, most, uh, for most people here in the U.S., they, a lot of the current insurance policies don't necessarily have it in there or encourage you to go overseas. If you did have a policy, you could ask to go overseas, and there is a highly likely chance that it'll get reimbursed because there are, we do know of cases of, of Americans going over and using their insurance. Um, one of the challenges with that is if, if it's not something that the insurance company is promoting, there's no real incentive to travel because you would still have to pay your deductible and co-insurance and travel. So it could potentially be more expensive than getting care here in the U.S. So it's typically for people who might not have insurance or they want to go for a procedure that might not be available. There's a lot of Americans who go overseas for cancer treatment and other things where there could be a 9- to 10-year delay in getting that treatment here because of FDA approval, and it's a matter of life or death. And so they make the decision to go overseas. Mm, nice. That's interesting. I, why, why would a health insurance company not necessarily want to cover you abroad? Because they haven't, they don't know the hospital or they don't know the doctors. Um, I think it's for the, for the health insurance companies. It's more political. Um, it's uh, you know upsetting kind of the hospitals here in the U.S. that might get upset that the insurance companies are kind of you know encouraging people to travel overseas. But what we're seeing is a big trend with self-funded employers in the U.S. who self-fund and pay their own health benefits which the majority of large employers in the U.S. are, that they're starting to implement this, this concept of, of medical tourism, both international and even domestic, and encouraging people, um, Americans, travel within the U.S. for care at the different centers of excellence. All right, this is a travel show. Now, let's talk about the tourism aspect. It's my understanding, and I want you to tell me if this is true, but I know I've seen in cases where, okay, you've, you're paying for the medical procedure, but they put into the package a luxury hotel stay and touristic aspects of that destination all wrapped into the package, correct or no? Yes, no, that does happen. I mean, I, I would say it's maybe a split of 50-50, 50% of the hospitals will put together the whole package. You get a beautiful hotel. You have tour excursions and, and things like that, and it's really neat because it, it, it provides an element of vacation and the majority or almost all of the patients traveling, they're really engaging in this. They're, they're engaging in the tourism benefits. And for some, um, they might not have had a passport, never left the country. So this is this once-in-a-lifetime experience for them. And the, hosp the quality of the hospitals, uh, I, know, I know I've been to Thailand and I've looked at one of the hospitals, and it was much more luxurious than any hospital I've ever seen in the United States. Uh, it almost looked like a five-star hotel, the rooms. 
Yes. I mean, the hospitals, if you go to, I mean, just like any other industry, I mean, there are hospitals that patients aren't traveling to, but if you go to the right quality hospital, some of them are amazing. They're like five or six star hotels and you get your own private suite with a flat screen TV, um, private nurse. It's really like being in a five or six star hotel. And obviously the prices are cheaper there because of what? Because of the cost of labor? It's a couple things. It's the cost of labor. Um, it's the cost of uh, medical malpractice. They don't have the outrageous laws that we have here. So the doctors don't have to practice the defensive medicine that they need to. And also the pharmaceutical and medical supply costs, um, everything that goes into your surgery is that, you know, 50 to 90% less. So you might have a U.S. manufacturer who sells a knee implant and they will charge, you know, $15,000, for example, here in the U.S. But if you go to India, that same U.S. manufacturer will sell that knee implant for $5,000. Oh, so the cost goodness. of everything is significantly less. We only have 10 seconds left. It's probably an unfair question to ask you at last, Jonathan, but do you have recourse if something goes wrong? Um, there is limited recourse, so that's one thing we advise everyone of. Uh, the hospitals will provide disclosure but you're stuck with the laws in that foreign country, and you're not going to have the recourse that you have here in the U.S. But most patients traveling are doing it for quality, and they're not concerned about the recourse because they feel like they're choosing the best. Fair enough. Jonathan Edelheit runs the Medical Tourism Association. Check out their website, medicaltourism.com, for more information. And stick around. We're going to talk about some of the most common procedures and look at some price comparisons right after these messages. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. After I turned 40, my body started changing. I didn't feel as attractive as I used to. I started experiencing hot flashes, but the weight gain, that was the worst, especially the belly fat. I started taking Ambrin, and I finally lost the weight. It was so easy. I feel as beautiful today at 50 as I did when I was 30. Thank goodness for Ambrin. It rebalances your hormones naturally, which relieves the symptoms of hormonal imbalance in menopause, like weight gain, hot flashes, fatigue, low libido, and more. Ambrin is the advanced all-natural formula, clinically shown to cause weight loss in women over 40, with no big change in lifestyle required. Amberin definitely made me feel energetic and sexy again. For a limited time, you can try Amberin risk-free and get a 30-day supply free. Free supplies are limited, so be one of the first callers right now at 1-800-922-3170. 1-800-922-3170. That's 1-800-922-3170. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Rachel Swaby is a journalist, and uh, and she did a fabulous, well, it's, what do you call these things? Are these infographics, uh, Rachel? Yes, infographics. Infographics. Uh, a great infographic in the current issue of a far magazine on medical tourism. And uh, we just talked, Rachel, before you came on with the with the head of a medic, the Medical Tourism Association, generally about what to look out for um, before you go abroad for medical care. So we're, I'm not going to uh, 
uh, ask you to comment on that I, because I know that's not what you did in this piece. What you did was look at the top destinations and some comparative costs of various pieces of surgery. What were the top destinations? And is this just for Americans? These are for Americans, yeah. So um, we looked at information from this group called Patients Without Borders, and they, um, and, and yes, yeah, so the top destinations were um, Thailand, Mexico, Singapore, India, and Malaysia. And Thailand has over a million Americans um, going there for medical um, procedures every year. A million Americans for, uh, per year? Yeah, that, over that, over a million, yeah. That's a phenomenal number. It is. Did that, did that surprise you? It definitely did surprise me. I mean, I I had heard about medical tourism before, but I didn't I didn't know that it was quite quite the thing that it is apparently. And Mexico was right behind with over a million as well. Singapore at six hundred and ten thousand, India at four hundred thousand, Malaysia at three almost four hundred thousand. These are extraordinary numbers. I'm so surprised. And has this been a growing industry? It has, and it's been growing really fast. In 2006, there were 150,000 um, Americans going abroad, and um, and it's expected that this year there will be 735,000 Americans going abroad for medical procedures. But wait a minute. If there are 735 going abroad this year, and a, a million of them went to Mexico and to Thailand last year, how does that figure? Sorry, sorry. Those are those must be world numbers. Ah, uh, um, there must be world numbers. I was going to say. Okay, so... All right, let's let's reset that then. So in 2013, 735,000 Americans, obviously roughly, are expected to go abroad for medical tourism. What are the most common procedures, and can you give us some price comparisons? Sure. So you know, if you're looking for a, a facelift in the U.S., um, a rough cost is something like uh, fourteen thousand five hundred dollars, and um, in Singapore, you'd only be paying about six thousand. So that's a pretty pretty big difference you know you can get a plane ticket in there and um you're still saving a lot of money right and, um, and something like a facelift is usually not covered by i mean if it's not a medical necessity by insurance so it's the difference between fourteen thousand out of your pocket and half that right and so um basic if you want to get basic surgery on one eye um it would be around two thousand dollars in the u.s and it would be three hundred and forty five dollars in brazil no Roughly. So, that, that, again, big, big difference, and you could get a vacation out of it. Well, uh, that, all these destinations, um, uh, uh, was it your experience in researching this that they, they really do push the vacation aspect of it as well? Um, well, it seems that they have some kind of program set up so you can go and you stay for a while because they, they kind of get you through the recovery, too. So, um, so you know, they try to make it appealing. <laughs> So, so we were talking about the most common procedures. Is are, are, is LASIK and facelift right up there with the most common procedures? Um, LASIK facelift. I mean, you have um, gastric bypass surgery, which runs around um, twenty five thousand dollars in the U.S. is only eight thousand two hundred in Malaysia. And um, coronary bypass is a stunning number. Give us that one. So it's eighty eight thousand roughly in the U.S. And um, if you were to go to Taiwan, it's just twenty one thousand dollars so that's again huge cut 75% less just amazing what other what are other common uh, I see sex change in Thailand at 17,000 here and uh, 5,000 uh, or excuse me is that 8,000 Thailand about half to have your sex change but I presume that's one of the less frequent operations right right but if you I mean fertility treatments too is a lot different IVF is expensive and um, it's $15,000 um, in the US and if you were to go to Costa Rica 
um, Patients Without Borders said it was around $4,400 for the same kind of IVF treatment cycle. Plus, you get to go to the beach and, and sip a mai tai under a, under under a palm tree. Right, right, right. Good to be relaxed. So, um, so yeah. So they definitely feel that aspect of it too. The hip replacement price is also stunning. Right. So the the hip replacement in the U.S. you're looking at about um, thirty three thousand dollars, and in Mexico, um, it's twelve thousand dollars. Um, twelve fifty. Were you were you surprised by the spread? I really was, you know, and, um, you know, it, 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 we listed some countries here, but, um, you know, the spread changes as you go from country to country. So, you know, uh, if you're going to get a nose job in Turkey, it's like much different than if you're going to do it in Mexico and much different if you're going to do it in, you know, the prices are not at all standardized anywhere. So um, it, the prices were just all over the place with nuts. So a little but shopping, pretty, a little... pretty uniformly more expensive in the U.S. than, um, you know, Brazil or Costa Rica or India or Malaysia or Mexico. Right, but still, a little shopping require shopping around is shopping around is recommended, no question. Yes, yeah. Well, so I... the data that we got was um, from the patients without borders that kind of pulled it all together for, uh, for people. Give me that. It's called patients what? Patients Beyond Borders, sorry. Patients Beyond Borders. I presume that's a website you can look up. Rachel Swaby is a journalist, and she put this together for a FAR magazine. Take a peek at it. Rachel, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll be right back here in Rudy Max's World right after this message with some deals. Rudy Max's World is coming right back, so get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. If you have gout, listen closely. The sound of gout silently attacking joints between flares. You won't hear it, and you may not feel it, but if your uric acid level remains high, crystals can continue to build up in your joints. Over time, this may lead to attacks in other joints, constant pain, and joint destruction. So don't wait. For more information, go to goutinfo.com and talk with your doctor about ways to keep your uric acid at a lower, healthy level. After I turned 40, my body started changing. I didn't feel as attractive as I used to. I started experiencing hot flashes, but the weight gain, that was the worst, especially the belly fat. I started taking Ambrin, and I finally lost the weight. It was so easy. I feel as beautiful today at 50 as I did when I was 30. Thank goodness for Ambrin. It rebalances your hormones naturally, which relieves the symptoms of hormonal imbalance in menopause, like weight gain, hot flashes, fatigue, low libido, and more. Amberin is the advanced all-natural formula, clinically shown to cause weight loss in women over 40, with no big change in lifestyle required. Amberin definitely made me feel energetic and sexy again. For a limited time, you can try Amberin risk-free and get a 30-day supply free. Free supplies are limited, so be one of the first callers right now at 1-800-922-3170. 1-800-922-3170. That's 1-800-922-3170. Attention men, if you're urinating more often or waking at night to urinate, we want to send you a free bottle of beta-prostate. Beta-prostate is our best-selling supplement, made with a natural ingredient that supports healthy urine flow and more complete bladder emptying. It's also been shown to reduce waking at night from the urge to urinate. To find out how to get your free bottle, just call 800-466-5523. Since Beta-prostate debuted, 
Our warehouse has shipped over 2 million bottles, but there are still men who have yet to discover this amazing supplement. That's why for a limited time, you can try a full 30-day supply of beta prostate free. You only pay shipping and handling. This free beta prostate giveaway is only available while supplies last. And once it's gone, it's gone. Just call 800-466-5523. That's 800-466-5523. Call 800-466-5523. Several research studies show that people who are on the same diet and exercise program lose three to four times as much weight when taking 1,100 milligrams of pure green coffee extract than they do when not taking it. So if you are serious about losing weight, call Longevity Medical Clinic to order your bottle of pure green coffee extract at 866-869-6864, extension 1. That's 866-869-6864, extension 1. Or order online at lmclinic.com. That's lmclinic.com. Got a question or comment? Need advice? Jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back. Well, you know, I touted summer as coming around the corner, but uh, from my perspective here in uh, Minneapolis, it doesn't look like it, but uh, who knows? Who knows? It'll come, I'm sure, even here to Minnesota. Um, it puts one in mind of amusement parks and cotton candy and maybe even Ferris wheels. Robert Niles has been on the show a couple times before because he knows all there is to know about theme parks. And I asked him to take a look at some of the best Ferris wheels in the world. Robert, welcome to the show. Nice to have you back. Nice to be here, Rudy. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Well, first question might be, so what, what constitutes a great Ferris wheel in your opinion? Well, really, I mean, uh, you're looking at two things on a Ferris wheel, ultimately. The first is you know, the view. I mean, um, uh, like roller coasters, Ferris wheels are visually iconic. That's why they've been so popular in fairs and uh, amusement parks over the past century or so. I mean, there's no other useful purpose for a Ferris wheel than just having fun. It's not like an observation tower on top of a skyscraper, which is just another floor in a big building, or you know, some type of observation tower on top, uh, observation floor on top of some big, uh, you know, broadcast tower like the CN Tower in in, in Toronto. You know, a Ferris wheel is just about fun. There's no other useful purpose for the thing than than getting on and having well, a good time. So you want that great view up at the top. But there's also well, one of the great. Thing too. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, okay. Robert. Go ahead. Yeah. The, the other thing too is that. Uh, um, you know, these are kind of romantic rides. When you're up there, on, if it's a, one of those little two-seater ones, uh, nobody else can see you up there. You're all by yourself. You're, you know, up at the top, and it's maybe a little scary, and you sit close together. And, uh, you know, for a lot of young kids who are, you know, <laughs> leaning in for that first kiss, that Ferris wheel has come through for them over the years. Oh, that's a great image, isn't it? What, well, you know, one of the great views in London is from the London Eye. Do you consider yeah. that a Ferris wheel? Uh, okay, so it's I mean, a big wheel uh, that goes around, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you look at the original Ferris wheel, George Ferris's wheel at the uh, Columbian Exposition in Chicago back in the late 19th century, uh, you know, the London Eye is very much in that same spirit and on, on that same scale. And I think the London Eye was really what kind of uh, rejuvenated and brought Ferris wheels back into the uh, to public attention. You know, for whatever reason, a lot of the really big theme parks around the country really haven't built Ferris wheels. I mean, if you look at the Disney theme parks, Universal theme parks, really only one of them has a Ferris wheel, and that's at California Adventure in Anaheim. 
And, and the reason they did that is because they were trying to create an, a land that didn't look like a Disney theme park. <laughs> and they decided that a Ferris uh-huh. wheel was one of those icons that made something not look like a Disney park. So, you know, that's why they went ahead and built that one. Well, I know there's still a Ferris. I know there's still a Ferris wheel in the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. Um, that, that that is lovely when it's lit up at night. What are some of the great Ferris wheels around the world? Well, I mean, you mentioned the London Eye, and I think that's probably got to be at the top of the list because of just all of the, the, the visual icons that are available in London that you can see from there. The whole uh, the Thames Waterfront, yeah. the House of Parliament, uh, the Big Ben, uh, just all, everything that you can see there. And, and the way they've built that one, too, is there's only the support on one side, which really gives you a nice unobstructed view all the way around looking north you know, of the Thames in London. So that's a great one. Uh, the biggest one in the world right now is in Singapore. It's called the Singapore Flyer. It's built just kind of on the coast mm. of, of uh, uh, Singapore, which is that city-state in Southeast Asia, and gives you some really wonderful views of some of the, the, the great architecture that's being built in that city, which is just you know one of the economic powerhouses of Southeast Asia right now and, and becoming sure, a resort sure. destination unto its own. Uh, looking back here into the United States, I mentioned that uh, that Ferris wheel at uh, Disney California Adventure. It's actually a copy of a classic old uh, uh, wheel called the Wonder Wheel at uh, Coney Island. And it's kind of unusual in that not all of the seats are stationary. <laughs> so some of half the gondolas just kind of stay in the same place as you go around the perimeter of the, the Ferris wheel, but half of them slide back mm-hmm. and forth between the perimeter and the center of the wheel, which is you know, I'll do some really extreme roller coasters, but those Wonder Wheel gondolas that slide around really freak me out. <laughs> those, that, those is, there, is the Wonder Wheel still there at Coney Island? You know, I, I believe you know, I've so. Been it's been a while since I've been still there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, our engineer, is saying yes in my headset, so yeah. Well, okay. this is a great teaser, Robert. Thank you for uh, joining me. Uh, if you're into theme parks, well, nobody's into theme parks more than Robert is, but you might be close. <laughs> Uh, check his website, themeparkinsider.com. Themeparkinsider.com. His Twitter handle is at Robert Niles, N-I-L-E-S. Robert, we'll check back with with you uh, on, on, on other topics as summer and fun uh, uh, come across the radar screen. Great. Have a great summer, everyone. Thank you very much, Robert. He'll be out busy all summer riding Ferris wheels. He's really good on I remember talking to Robert also about... Uh, uh, about those things I won't get on, where the cars go real fast and real high. Oh, man, those are scary things. Anyway, roller coasters is what they're called. Uh, we'll be right back. i got a bunch more deals of the week for you, so don't touch that dial. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back. A six-year-old Springer Spaniel named Hendrix was scheduled to fly from Newark to Phoenix on United Airlines. But when the plane landed, Hendrix found himself in Ireland. Ireland. That's not a town in the United States. That's the country of Ireland. United employees did walk and fed the dog, feed the dog, fed the dog, Promised his owners an apology, and and a, a promised him a refund for putting the uh, uh, putting the dog on the wrong flight. Instead of going to Phoenix, he went to Ireland. Um, 
uh, one of the family members said, well, he hopes at least the dog got some Guinness and corned beef and cabbage while he was over there. And among seven of the nation's largest carriers, only one doesn't offer premium seating, that's JetBlue. But this week, the airline announced it will begin offering business class seats on flights between New York's JFK Airport and L.A. and San Francisco. Now, don't rush out to buy a seat in the front of the plane, though JetBlue says it won't be ready to offer a premium class until early next year. Hopes it'll put it in a better position to compete with other airlines for business passengers flying cross-country. Didn't know JetBlue didn't have premium seating. Interesting. It's been a long time since I've flown JetBlue. They don't serve Minnesota. All right. Uh, let's see. See, so for deals of the week. Do we have that deal of the week cash register so we know I'm doing deals of the week? Well, every summer, Continental used to put uh, business class tickets on sale. Now, okay, we got the cash register. I got it. Um, now that Continental United are one airline, uh, United has sort of watered it down a bit, but there's still some pretty good fares for business class seats to Europe in the summer. Here are the deal. Uh, this year's sale is valid for departures between June 28th and August 31st. So basically it's August, okay? A couple last days of June, but basically you can fly August. you got to return by September 5th, so this is not a great window. This is a big window. You have to purchase 60 days in advance. So what is that, June 28th, May 28th, April 28th? Okay, so you got time. You have to do a 60-day advance purchase, and you have to stay over a Sunday night. Here are some of the sample prices. Newark to London, $2,800 round trip. Newark to Rome, $2,800 round trip. That's a good one, by the way, because flights to Italy are generally very expensive. Newark to Paris, $2,900 round trip. Um, out of uh, United's Dulles Hub in Washington, about 400 bucks above the prices I just quoted. Chicago Hair, 2900 to Heathrow, and twenty well 3000 to Dublin. Now, here's the deal. You've got to purchase your tickets by July 2nd. So you've got a big window to purchase them, July 2nd, and a relatively, what, four-and-a-half-week window to use them between June 28th and August 31st. Complete your travel by September 5th. So there you go. That's the United Business Class sale to Europe. Amtrak is awarding double points uh, on its um, uh, anybody who rides during the spring, if you're a member of uh, Amtrak's guest awards program, through May 18th. Now, well, got another month for that, basically, three weeks for that. You have to pre-register at Amtrak's website. There don't seem to be any other restrictions. Uh, and U.S. Airways is in neck-to-neck competition with Delta Airlines on that east on their East Coast shuttle that link New York, Boston, and Washington National. Um, you know, Delta has changed its uh, departures time, so it's head-to-head against uh, uh, against U.S. Airways. One used to leave on the half hour, the other on the hour. So U.S. Airways is offering a $5,000 mi- mile bonus after every three shuttle flights you take through May 31st. You can earn up to 50,000 bonus miles if you happen to compute, commute every day on the U.S. Airways shuttle between those three cities or two of those three cities. You've got to advance, got to register in advance at U.S. Airways site, however. Don't just take this for granted. And Marriott's got a lot of uh, deals going on, too numerous to mention, but let me just let me tease you with some of these. Um, this is These are all during the spring. Each one has different rules, so I won't go through all the fine print and totally bore you. But it's stuff like uh, a romantic weekend in Detroit, and you'll get a $100 dinner credit plus a bottle of wine. Stay at the Cincinnati Riverfront Hotel, you get a $50 Visa gift card plus breakfast for two. Um, With many locations across the U.S., you'll save 20% on weekend stays with advanced booking. So uh, what I'm hearing here is a lot of these are weekends, Um, though not all of them. Um, If you stay at the Bahrain Marriott, they'll give you a free breakfast and round-trip transport to the racetrack. I don't know if they're racing camels there or horses. Um, you can take a spring break at Niagara Falls. They give you breakfast for 4 and $40 toward dinner and shuttle passes to Niagara Falls. It's not bad. Again, these are all Marriott's. Uh, Coronado Island, which is uh, San Diego, um, 
stay more and save more than 20% off. In the Gaslight Quarter of San Diego, they'll give you a $119 room if you book early. Uh, Caribbean and Mexico, 15% off nine of their beach resorts, plus a welcome amenity. And Times Square, if you've got a daughter, they've got an American girl package that will allow you to take home a doll-sized bed. And if you want to stay at the Boston Waterfront at a Marriott, they've got a wine and dine package that will give you free valet parking and a $50 credit toward dinner. So I'm sure there are just as many Marriott deals as there are Marriott's in the country, but it looks like for spring they're trying to encourage leisure travel, particularly on weekends. Check out Marriott.com and see how the, if any of these deals apply to anywhere you want to go. We're coming to the end of our hour, our second hour here at Rudy Max's World. I'm so glad you joined me. I hope you can do it again next week. We uh, try to bring you a nice mix of travel topics, something you might learn by, be titillated by, be interested in, or even better, save money with. We do it here every weekend on this station. We're delighted to join uh, to be joined by our new station in uh, uh, the Milwaukee area, and uh, nice to have you with us this weekend as well. Um, I do want to invite you to drop me a line anytime you want at Rudy at RudyMaxa.com. If you have an idea for a topic or a guest you'd like to hear from or about, or if you'd like to comment on anything on the show, please drop me a line. If you have a travel question that we might be able to put you on air to talk about or that I can answer quickly, I'll be happy to do that. Uh, we'll put you on the air if it's something that uh, our listeners might listen to, if I think it's a wide enough interest. Uh, call me at 800 837 Excuse me, 857-8025, 800-857-8025. If you get a recording, just leave a message. Tell me what time zone you're in. I'll try to give you a ring back and tell me your name, please. A lot of people leave messages. Don't leave their names. I hate to call a stranger back. See you next week here in Rudy Max's World. Meanwhile, travel safely. Thank you for being with me this weekend. Thank you to our stations and to you, our listeners. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World. And as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.